Hello, and welcome to the Living Inspired Podcast. Listen in as we share stories of people who have overcome the challenges of living life with a disability and have successfully created a business, nonprofit organization, or dedicate their time to supporting others. I'm Cameron Munoz. And I'm Chanel Johnson. Welcome to today's episode where we are excited to have a special guest, Janetta Bryant, a mother who has been raising a daughter with autism while running a successful business called Abilities Workshop. She is inspired by the work God is doing in her life, motivated to help others and determined to improve the lives of children with special needs. She is a mother, a wife, CEO of Abilities Workshop, and an author. She was awarded Top Autism Advocate in 2021 by Exceptionally needs today. Her journey is one of determination, resilience, and an unwavering commitment to both her family and her career. In this episode, we'll hear about the challenges she faced, how she's managed to balance the demands of being a parent and a business owner, and all the strategies that have helped her succeed. This is a story that will inspire and empower anyone who's facing similar challenges in their own lives. So join us as we delve into the fascinating conversation with a remarkable woman who's making a difference in the world in more ways than one. podcast. Um, and we'd just like to start with, tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are, where you're from. Um, tell us about your family to get started. Well, first, thank you for having me. I'm excited to do this with you ladies this morning. Um, my name is Janetta Bryant. I'm the founder of Abilities Workshop. And Abilities Workshop is a passion project, right? This is a local nonprofit that works with parents, pastors, and teachers and helping kids with special needs be their best. So we try to help get the resources to those people so that these kids can shine their brightest. Um, sometimes that means that kids can go all the way to losing diagnoses. We see a lot of people defying the odds and defying the list of nevers that were put in front of them. But most of the time, we're just trying to help each kid be their healthiest and happiest. And if we can work with those three elements, parents fighting for them, teachers supporting them, or um, understanding them, I should say, and faith communities supporting them, then these kids really get to shine. And I'm quick to tell you that I call all of the community kids because I feel like I talk to parents so often. So I'm talking about three-year-olds all the way through 30-year-olds, right? <laughs> like these kids yeah. get to shine. Um, however, right. we can help them shine because what I've learned from being a parent to Lindsay, so my daughter's Lindsay, she's the one that inspired most of this to come about. And she's 12, she has autism, but when she was diagnosed, she was diagnosed with autism, ADD, ADHD, expressive language disorder, regressive language disorder, hypotonia, and all of the nevers that would come with that. Mm -hmm. And I have witnessed my daughter 
defy the odds over and over and over again. And I feel like one of the most powerful things that we can do as parents is collaborate and share with one another what's working, but also to encourage one another because everywhere we turn, somebody's going to tell us what's wrong with our kid. They're going to highlight the deficit before they tell us all of the goodie that's there. And I'm here to tell you that when you tap into these kids' worlds, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty fantastic to be able to see the world through Lindsay's eyes, right? And there is hope. She was never supposed to talk again. This girl, I'm telling her to hush most nights, <laughs> I, you know, and then I, then I chuckle a little bit going, I just told a girl who was never supposed to talk again to hush. Yeah. Um, right. There's a lot of good out there. And if we unite, and I'm so glad y'all are doing this platform. If we unite and we share each other's strengths and we share each other's victories, then that ultimately is going to not only benefit our kids, it's going to benefit all of us. Yes. Uh, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, you want to go ahead? Yeah, sure. <laughs> what are, um, what was some of the biggest challenges? Uh, well, I think you just kind of mentioned it, having all the nevers mm-hmm. brought to you, bringing it, that to the forefront, but for Lindsay specifically, like what is some of the biggest, um, challenges that you kind of walk through with her, uh, you know, coming up from three oh, to That's 12? a good question. Um, so largest Lindsay was a, she was a lot to handle when she was about two or three. I think that most parents can relate, right? That's the phase of life where all she did was point, run, scream, point, run, scream. Like we didn't get words. We didn't get sitting still. We didn't get calmness. Um, we didn't get eye contact. It was just a phase of life where all I did was chase her. I was a lot skinnier then. <laughs> that was the only hidden maleness to it. But I, I think that getting through that phase, helping her find ways to be more disciplined, to be able to find her voice in all of this. And when a child starts talking after being nonverbal for a long time, you don't just suddenly get a conversation with these kids. You get a word and you're so darn happy about getting that word. And then you get, maybe at some point or another, you get an answer, like a one word answer for a question. And that's really cool. But there's these phases in between that are just, they seem like they'll never go away. And you're in the middle of something that's just really, really tough. Like when I was running after Lindsay in the museums on different family fun days, mm-hmm. you just sit at the end of the day and you go, man, I'm exhausted. But, or when she's learning how to talk and you're trying to explain a yes or no question, you know, you ask, Hey, do you want to have milk? Yes or no. And your answer back from them is yes or no. You right. Like, I need you to say yes. Mm -hmm. I need you to say Mm -hmm. no. And they say yes or no. And it's like, how do you explain to a child how to say, I don't know when they don't know something like that's a really tricky conversation. These are all hard to navigate and there's no blueprint to it there's no easy way to figure that out it's just takes challenge right it takes perseverance and um and in those cases I sympathize patience that's the so I think of myself as being virtuous I think that's the one that God forgot to give me and then he gave me (laughs) this way right Um, right patience is a big one I still think I'm trying to learn patience but it's it's in those moments that I really think back to those, those obstacles that I sympathize most with the parents that I'm talking to when they're at their wits end, I go, I remember that. Like, yeah, there's still things that I worry about. I don't think that we ever get clear of worrying about things, Mm -hmm. but 
there there's heights to it. And I feel like when I talk to a parent that's got that three-year-old or four-year-old and they're off the rails and they are having these meltdowns and they're not able to communicate and they're just, they're really right. tough, right? Right. Yeah. Go, this is the hardest it's going to get. And that's what I tried to tell parents. Like, this is the hardest it gets. Like from here on, you're going to start making headway. This is the mm-hmm. toughest spot. And of course, somebody out there that's listening or watching might be able to prove me wrong and say, no, this is really the hardest part. But I feel like when we're trying to learn who our kids are and they're really young and it's hard to connect with them, that Mm. that's a tough spot for parents to go through. Um, I'll give you kind of an idea. I don't know if any of your listeners are familiar with the ATEC score, but that is the autism treatment evaluation checklist. Mm. It's in 21 different languages. It's completely free. It's a subjective scoring test that you can go online. You can look up the ATEC score and you can do the subjective test, right? I want to say it's something like a hundred questions and it asks you questions like sometimes, always, never. Well, if I answer these questions for Lindsay, my answers are going to be vastly different than my husband's. So whoever does it the first time should be the one that consistently does this. But the value in it is that it will show you the watermark because we live in a world where we're trying to remember, did they do that before? How long ago was that? Um, So you get these numbers. The scoring system goes well over 100, but the higher the score, the more um, significant the autism symptoms are. And the lower the score, the closer to neurotypical behaviors, right? And you can do this every three or four months or every six months, and you can start to see, wow, we really are making progress, even though it feels like we've been at a plateau for a while. Um, In Lindsay's case, at the height of her symptoms, she was a 98. And today she's Mm. a two. Oh, and wow. oh my goodness. Really? Now, for That's the longest time, I kept thinking, oh, if we can get under 10 or if we can get to zero, that means that I'm done with autism. Well, that's, I've learned that is not the case. That means that I'm done with a lot of the autism symptoms. That means right. that I'm okay. done with, okay. um, with some of the things that are most obvious to the general public. But that doesn't mean that she's caught up academically or that she's caught up socially. That doesn't mean that she always knows how to handle different situations. Like there's a there's a, there's a long path ahead still. And so I'm starting, right. the longer you're in this, the, real, the realization comes that this is not a short journey. Even if no. your kids do significantly well, you're in this for a long haul, like for right. a real long haul. And so if you were to say, what was the most challenging times? I would say the early on stuff. And learning to measure things helped a lot. And I would encourage other parents to do that because there were times where it's like, man, we jumped from the 90s to the 60s. That's really cool. Or man, we jumped from this to that. And really, you didn't feel it or see it so much as it was just nice to be able to look at it scientifically on paper and go, okay, making progress. That's a really good suggestion, measuring. And and so um, you're talking about that ATEX score mm-hmm. um testing tool that you, is free and available online you can just look it free up and available okay. in 21 languages and awesome. you test every three months did you say every three months i think that you can i mean you can do it every day if you wanted to but it takes you like 35 minutes right. to get through the questionnaire right. so i don't suggest right. that <laughs> right, right. right i would suggest doing it you know every three or six months and um it gives you something to go into your doctor's office visits with too you know, gives them something they can kind of talk about with you because it is challenging to say, well, when was the last time they sat circle time for 30 seconds or more? And you're like, I don't know. 
they sat there. For I can't remember days. yesterday. Mm. To be honest, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Remember yeah. Um, or when did they start using two word phrases instead of one word phrases? Yeah. It all turns to mush in your brain. I mean, I try to remember yeah. as much, but it starts turning to mush in your brain. So those are just nice things that you can kind of go back and look at. That's great, oh, that's and we so would awesome. like to. We'll put that in the show notes. Definitely, so we'll make sure yeah. We have, no, um, definitely get that website uh, from you. So, given all of that you were going through with Lindsay, like, how did you come to Abilities Workshop? Like, how did you go from parent to starting this nonprofit? Um, well, you know, it's just such a funny, funny way that God works in our lives. It really, mm. truly is. I, of course, if you see my desk what you can't see on my desk, you wouldn't necessarily <laughs> believe me, but I feel like I'm OCD about things. Like I just like keeping things organized in some fashion mm -hmm. or another. And with Lindsay, I was getting good information from so many parents that I was talking to. I'm, I'm an open book. So I'd talk to parents in a waiting room. I'd talk to parents anywhere and I would just try to get information, right? I would be on Facebook until two o'clock in the morning in these different groups, reading these different notes reading it on my computer here and holding my cell phone in my hand, looking at the words I didn't understand over here. Right. Mm -hmm. And you do these things. And I just kept coming back to this realization of saying, it's gotta be easier. It can't be this hard. Like there's right. so many parents that have good information. There's so many paths mm -hmm. to move forward on that. Yet mm -hmm. we all feel like we're starting with nothing. I said, right. so I had this daydream and this is an odd daydream, but I had this daydream of this workshop where parents could just come and learn everything that they needed to learn, right? And it could be comprehensive and it would be like this boot camp. And then you could start moving on. Because what I found, and y'all can probably relate, is that when you have a child that's diagnosed, and especially when they're younger than three, everybody tells you early intervention, early intervention. You got to right. do it. You got to do right. it. Right. Yeah. Nobody tells you what the it is. Right. <laughs> they just say do it. And so what right. is early intervention? What does that mean? What are the therapies associated with it? Um, what are IEPs that, what are these acronyms that people keep saying that I, that make my head spin? So I had daydreamed about the idea of pulling this information together. And then in 2019, it became a reality. The patchwork quilt came together and we said, oh my gosh, now's the time to do all of this. Um, so we started doing things here in Central Florida. And I was terribly afraid that I was reinventing a wheel that had been created and that was already do, being done better <laughs> and easier by somebody else. But to my surprise, we had a lot of interest. We had people that were showing up. Um, we were doing these workshops in person. And our last one in February of 2020, before COVID, we had like 60 people in attendance. And these are moms, dads, and single dads, and grandmas, and there's an energy that was palatable of these people connecting with others and finding their tribe, right? Like they were finding right. their way right. and it felt amazing. And that was in February, 2020. So switch gears a little bit because March is right around the corner mm -hmm. and right. everybody's world's about to get mm -hmm. upside down. Yep. And I go, okay. Um, I had a friend that was in the industry with me and they said, Jeanette, I love what you're doing in central Florida. How are you going to do that in Texas? And I said, I can't do it here. <laughs> I don't know what your rules are there, but I can't do it here right now. And we slowly, you know, through talking to other people, started realizing what we could do online and what we right. could do in different components, just like every other business, right? right? Yeah. But we were at a 
moment of definition. We were either going to fold and say that was really cool for a while it lasted, or we were going to grow on steroids. And fortunately for us, we grew. we grew. We grew really big, really fast. So we ended up um, in the next 18 months after COVID in March. In the following 18 months, we ended up launching five national programs, a national database for searches so that people in California and Colorado, Connecticut all had access to things. Um, An international podcast that's listened to in 29 different countries. And we acquired Bright Feeds, which most of you are familiar with in this area, right? Bright Feeds has been around for 17 years, but it fit beautifully into our business plan of trying to get resources in parents' hands. Mm-hmm. Um, all of this happened within 18 months of COVID, right? And somebody else may have said, why didn't you do one thing at a time? But the reality is that this is what happened that was really cool for us. This is the, where the secret sauce comes from because the whole world was sitting still. And we had this right. epiphany of what we could do. We started right. reaching out to some of these experts, people that are used to traveling nonstop, that are the keynote speakers at these big conferences and that kind of stuff. People that would absolutely have no time for a little tiny baby nonprofit, but right. they were sitting on their hands. They had nothing to do. So when we come along and we tell them, hey, this is what we're trying to do, they said yes. And in order for them to buy into the whole picture, we had to do all the programs at one time. So we became madmen on <laughs> doing, okay, we're working with all of you at the same time so that this final product can be something that is really helpful to parents, whether it is starting at the beginning where we're talking about that boot camp, or whether we are talking about moving into adulthood and transitioning, or if we're talking about the stuff in between or helping teachers or helping pastors, you know, all of these programs had to come to life at the same oh time. Oh my goodness. Wow. So it was um, when I, you know, it came rolling off my tongue one day when we first started Abilities. I was like, it's the good, the bad, and the godly. But if ever there has been a God plan, none of mm. this is driven by us, right? Like, I can't yeah. even begin to tell you all the stories of how we met one person or another person. And it just doesn't make wow. sense without there being some other hand in it. So we're, we're really fortunate to get to show up each morning with my white knuckles and just see what happens today. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Wow. And COVID really as mind blowing as it was for the Mm -hmm. world, a lot of good really did come out of it. Like even Puzzle Ranch was Mm -hmm. born out of COVID Mm -hmm. and our, our move to Sorrento and everything like that. And so I think what an amazing story. That is awesome. Um, What's your vision? Like where do you want to take it? Where do you want to take it to? I feel like I need to go take my blood pressure again now. Now, <laughs> what is the whole vision? Um, ultimately, the goal is to be a safe landing place for any parent or any person that just has a question. You know, I tell people all day long to simply look at the back of our brochure for our phone number, like. 
I'd love for you to participate in a workshop. That'd be great. But I don't care if you do. Call us. If you're saying, I don't know where to do this, or I don't know who handles this, we get to know a lot of people. We're happy to share that information. And if we right. don't know, yes. we definitely know who does. And so right. I I just want, I want abilities to always be what somebody thinks of as, oh, they'll be able to help us. They'll be, right. I mean, I can't solve all your word, world problems, right. but if I can just be a friend to you for a minute on the phone, if somebody in our office can validate how you're feeling about something and just point you a little bit more on your way, then that's a successful conversation to me. Yeah. Um, what I hear you saying yeah. in that is you want to be approachable, accessible, and like a friend to parents yeah. um, that mm-hmm. are just yeah. trying to figure out what to do next. And um, I think that's amazing. That's all that we oh, want man. to, um, you know, I would, I would kick myself if I didn't bring this up. We have a new program coming out called Lovable. And uh, Lovable is for families in crisis. It's going to be released on February 14th. And I mean, if you have a program named Lovable, you kind of have to release it on Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that idea. I do too. I do too. It, it is for marriages that are falling apart. It is for suicide prevention. It is for those families that are so at the end of their rope that they're considering leaving their kid at the hospital as a ward of the state. It is for law enforcement encounters, um, school expulsion conversations. And we call it lovable even through the tough stuff because mm-hmm. what has become overly apparent to me is that, and I don't have a statistic to back this up. I wish I did. Maybe I should go find one of those. But in my belief, I would say that 50% of the parents that I talk to have one of these hardships, right? Either they have a hardship with their family, with their marriage, with their finances, with something going on that is really straining their personal life and their mental health. Um, And if we've got a community that is in that dire of need, and I'm going to say that Abilities is here to help, then we have to help people with all of it. Um, right. I know it sounds really bad to say it's cringeworthy, but you ladies can probably attest when somebody comes up to you and they're like, Hey, I have this friend named Mary. She's got a daughter with special needs right now. They're homeless. The first thing you're going to do is cringe a little bit because it goes, yeah. how can I help? And you realize that all of your resources are so limited to help Mary and her daughter. Right. And right. So you, you just kind of scramble thinking in your mind, how can I come up with something? We're hoping that Lovable fills that gap because it is completely free to families in crisis. It is 100% accessible for them. Um, and it should be able to help them chart their course path forward. So what will Lovable do for the family? Okay, so you're right. I recently did in the last few weeks have somebody reach out to me as a, you know, as a, with Puzzle Ranch, because they know mm-hmm. I'm connected to, you know, special needs community say, um, I know somebody that's homeless and she has a um, 16 year old son that's Mm -hmm. autistic and they can't go to the shelter, the regular homeless shelter, because they, I guess there's a limitation on that. How can lovable step in for that family and what, what does it do for them? So it is a, it is a series of presentations by experts of the field, just like all of our other workshops, right? So we have experts that are talking about each one of these and providing next steps. So it's not just saying, oh, this is what it's like to be there and acknowledging them. Each expert then gives, try looking here, try doing this, call out to this group. These people are there to support you. So it gives them a playbook for each one of those scenarios. So they can go on their phone or on a computer and watch the presentation. 
I'm very okay. old school. Everything comes with workbooks with me too. And then there's a workbook that they get. Um, okay. They can then start. I'm not saying, but I, I'm always quick to say, we're not here to solve every issue that comes up. We're here to try to help you find a plan, right? Like right, right. I don't have every answer for you, but I can help you plan what your next five steps are. And in those next right. five steps, hopefully dad will teach us the next five after that. And those five will teach you the next five. And so mm -hmm. we're just the entry point of saying, okay. let's start coming together with a plan. So in lovable, if somebody was in that scenario, they would watch, especially that presentation. There's probably other ones that they're going to right. find of interest as well. Because they're going to say, ooh, I'm homeless and I've got a spouse that, you know, right. we've got finance issues and how what government benefits are available for my finance issues because I'm going through X, Y, and Z. All of those different ideas are pulled together so that they feel like, okay, now I've got it. Instead of traditionally needing to call this person, and then I tell you to call Sam and then Sam goes, Oh, I can't really help you, but you need to call Jeff. And by the end of that phone train and you've called five people, you've got one resource line, right? We're saying right. come to this and start with getting 10 resource lines and going from it instead of having to play phone tag with five different social workers and everything else. Right. And then how would they get in touch with Lovable? Do they just contact uh, you or? They do. So Lovable can be found on our website. Our website is okay. abilitiesworkshop.com. Abilities is plural. A lot of eyes in that. Abilitiesworkshop.com. <laughs> and then it's forward slash Lovable. And as, uh, you know, the founder of Puzzle Ranch, is there anything that um, we could give to point them in that direction? Like if um, if we if we are approached by somebody and we want to direct them right. to Lovable, right. um, just give them the websiters. Do you have any materials that we can? Yeah, we, um, we can definitely give you some flyers. Anybody that wants to have a physical flyer about it, we can hand out. There are brochures about it and so on. So that's not a problem. Um, we're definitely working. So here's the thing when it comes to a program like this is that it's yeah. twofold. We can build a phenomenal program and I'm really proud of it. I think that the people that contributed to it are good um, folks that have given great insight. But you build a good program that you're wanting to give away. There's two factors that you can't control that you have to try to. One of them is getting funding. So anybody that donates right. to it, of course, you know, we're talking to individuals that are donating to it, um, businesses and grants and things like that. We have these, right. are you okay? I care t-shirts for the people yes. that are individual donors and that kind of thing. But funding's right. important, but equally as much, if not more so, getting word out to the families that actually need it is important. Like, and right. access it. The and program exists, right. and the people that need it don't know that the program don't exists, know that then, even, yeah. Right. Then what have we done everything for? It's you know, it's, right. It's not a success at that point. So we're trying to work with police stations and school systems and let them know because they're oftentimes the front lines, right? And right. if somebody is watching this, is um in one of those industries or wants to know more, gosh, we want to give you all the information we possibly can, whether that's physical brochures or simply pointing somebody onto the website or giving us a call in any of those capacities. Oh, that's fantastic. That sounds like a beautiful program oh, and a much needed program because I do find mm -hmm. also that, you know, you're right. Um, families struggle with disability diagnosis. There, and there's so many elements where that is affected mental mm -hmm. health for mm -hmm. the caregiver gosh, um, you get really stretched. And I know that's a big, big, big concern. So 
Indeed. Well done on that program. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was born out of congratulations. It wasn't because I had the foresight to say, "Oh, we've got to do this." It was because yeah. the more parents we talked to, the more mm-hmm. questions were coming up, and we said, mm-hmm. yeah. "There's, there's a need here where we've got mm-hmm. to figure out an answer." I mean, how can abilities hang our hat on saying we help the autism community and the special needs community if we're going to turn our back on all these people that have true crises yeah. going on? Like, oh, I'll encourage you all day long, but that person right. that is having their marriage fall apart doesn't need encouragement. They need answers. They need <laughs> they need it, right. Like, how yeah, do I fix this? Right. Is yeah. You just um, reminded me this morning I was reading in the Bible, the passage, um, I think it's in James where it talks about that where um, what good is it to pass the homeless person saying, hey, have a great day when they need clothes on their back and they need mm-hmm. food food and water, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you're absolutely right. And I think it's part yeah. of what God is working in you. So that's wonderful. That is wonderful. to be located in central florida to access this program so i actually have people in mind that i can you know that could really benefit from that so that's wonderful as soon as i'm getting off of this podcast i am actually (laughs) going to give that information to the individuals that i know that could really benefit from that thank you i would appreciate that yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly you know exactly exactly that's awesome. It's um, it, it you know it's it's just funny, just like what you're doing at Puzzle Ranch. There's a need, right? And when yeah. you see the need, then you're able to fill the need. You see success in it simply because you're like, it wasn't about me. It wasn't about abilities. It's about trying to help the community. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's something pretty in that. And yeah. so, hmm. to segue off of what you just said, like, what is one of your favorite experiences so far in the work that you're doing? that you can, a short, a story that you can share of how, like a success story or something positive that came, came from. Any so one of, one, of, one of the things that um, I've been able to do, like I said, is we do these podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. Where I talk to different special needs doctors and we talk about anxiety and aggression and we talk about hormones and we talk about all of these things, me as a special needs mm-hmm. mom and these doctors, and it's just kind of a candid conversation. And along the way, I started realizing that the people that are listening are fighter parents. They're fighting with everything they have for their kids, right? They're fighting for them to be their best selves. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we had success stories that we introduced in that series? And so we started talking to some of these other parents. um, And I had a couple different qualifications for a success story. It needed to be, you know, something that you overcame. And then you needed to be able to go on and apply that to the community. Like I had this idea of what I wanted success stories to look like. And I started having these really powerful interviews with folks that last so far beyond, you know, what you can access online, because I'm able to tell those stories to different families one-on-one or in presentations and that kind of stuff. And those stories, they give you goosebumps. You know, there's the stories of, kids being called uneducatable that go on to get degrees 
magna cum laude from college, right? There's right. the story of um, one of my friends. I really like his because it just, he's a sibling and his sister has Down syndrome. And then when his parents, um, when she was born, the doctor said, I'm sorry, she has Down syndrome. Most kids with Down syndrome don't go on to read. Just trying to lay this expectation out there, which I hate those moments, but we move yeah. on. Fast forward, she's 34 years old now, and she teaches second graders how to read. Like, oh, you know, this is wow, this is powerful stuff. And so those type of stories wow. just yeah. are, you know, hearing about a kid that was really severely impacted with autism symptoms as a youngster going on to becoming the cheerleading captain in high school, hearing these type of things. Wow. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's for everybody, but man, it gives you the, the, um, to keep going forward and saying, yes. well, you know, these stories do exist for a reason. And the more we share them, the more uh, encouraged we are. And I try to tell people well, the big headline of those type of moments are phenomenal. There's, there's beauty in our everyday small victories. And I think right. us as autism parents and special needs parents, we, we have learned that those small victories are sometimes bigger than the big ones, right? <laughs> like right. first time you get your kids to actually let you brush their teeth. <laughs> or when right. you're actually able, you know, like our kids are sensory and these yeah. are big deals and those are big accomplishments. Yeah. Um, yeah. The most mm. powerful one that I can think of in my world was one of the times that I would lay in bed with Lindsay after her like VPK days and that kind of stuff. And I would lay in there and I would talk with her. And by talk with her, I mean, I talked, she laid there. <laughs> and I would have both sides of the conversation, right? Oh, you did this. And then what did you think of this? Yeah. And, oh, I bet you did that. And on one given night, I was laying there with her and I was saying, what did you do at school today? And she looked at me and she goes, I paint. And I was like, like oh she gosh. answered me like she answered oh, me it was I paint wow. and that's the only words that I heard but I cannot tell you how eager I was to see her teacher the next morning and find out if they really did paint the day before because I got an answer for my kid that didn't talk and I was just you know that that was a big victory you know and those wow. whether it's a big headline of being able to teach others yeah. or whether it's the two-word answer victories come in all shapes and sizes and I think yeah, we appreciate the little ones probably even more than the big ones yeah wow wow what a great story awesome <laughs> that's exciting I understand those moments that's a big deal for sure wow. are there um are there any myths that you would like to kind of clear up and clarify about raising someone with autism so I don't know. Um, maybe there's probably plenty of them that I'll think about once we're done talking that I'm like, man, I should have mm -hmm. thought of that in the moment. The biggest thing that I encourage folks to do is, you know, we've all heard that whole saying, if you know one kid on the spectrum, you know one kid on, you know, and that's true. And and there's a lot of validity to that. Right. But I caution other parents for trying to speak for the whole community. You mm -hmm. can speak for your experience. Don't speak for right. everybody because trying to speak for that. everybody is 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 very challenging. The um when you're trying to say, oh, don't do this or oh, don't do that, say don't do that with us because the community tries really, really hard to support our efforts, but they get their hands slapped a lot by saying that's not good enough or this isn't good enough. Educate people to your experience. 
And when you try to put all of us in one big swath, you're going to get it wrong. There's too many different stories. So just say our instance, it would be good if you did these things. Right. And go with that. Um, It's just a shame from what I see and recognize in the industry of people overstepping their lane and that ends up crippling somebody else. You know, I see that often with, um, so adults that are diagnosed with autism Mm. and children that are diagnosed with autism often come with very different symptoms, right? If you're an adult that's being diagnosed, you probably have different social sets that are impaired. If you are a child being diagnosed, you probably have a lot of behaviors and medical conditions that are being addressed. Those are very different diagnoses, even though both people can legitimately say they have autism. But when you have the adult community speaking out, saying, accept us for who we are, don't change anything, don't ask us to change, don't do that. It cuts the parents that are fighting for the medical benefits for their kids Mm -hmm. knees. Because now you've got, that's, that's kind of what I talk about with staying in your lane, right? Talk about you. (laughs) Yeah, right. Because there's a lot of advocacy going on in our community. And I, I think that we rise together. And if you stay in your lane, you get to go where you want to be. But if you're trying to take the wind out of somebody else's sail, then we're all going to crash together because people say, you're too confusing. I don't know how to help your community. I'm not going to try anymore. Wow. That's that's a really good point and very well said. Mm -hmm. That's excellent advice. Um, Another question I have for you is if there's someone out there listening that has an idea formulating in their brains Mm -hmm. about something they want to do or a way that they can help or something that they want to grow out of their situation, what advice would you give them? Do it. I have written, uh, so in our laundry room, we have a door that goes from our laundry room into the garage and it's painted with chalk paint. And at the top of that board, many years ago, I wrote, dream it, then do it at the top of it. And it's still there. Dreaming it, knowing that it exists, that there's a need, that there is a desire is great. But if you don't do it, then what have you done? Do it, jump in and do it. Um, you don't have to be as crazy as me. You don't have to go and say, okay, I'm going to completely turn my life upside down and change every aspect of things to make this fit, but talk about it, bring other people into the dream with you, have Mm -hmm. some access to seeing if that idea really has legs because we we're in the front lines of this, right? We see it every day. You have something beneficial for somebody else. Do it. It's so funny. Um, I, I'm always inspired by these things. So like I said, every day I walk out of a door that says, dream it, then do it. Mm-hmm. And for five years, it's just been written up there. And I encourage people to do that. Then I, uh, one of the days that I was delivering some of the bright feeds, I ended up getting off of my GPS route, made a wrong turn. And right in front of me, there was this warehouse in front of me that on the side of the warehouse, not talking like a big warehouse, like we're not quite like Amazon size warehouse, but like big warehouse. Yeah. It says dream bigger. And I sat there and I went, hmm, that's a sign. I wonder what I'm <laughs> like, that's literally a sign. Right. <laughs> and I go, send it off to a couple people. I have a couple different mentors in the industry. And I sent it to them and they were like, yes, dream bigger. I'm like, I feel like I'm doing a lot now. Right. Things in the back of your mind. And what was so funny is that the next 
season of um, publishing them, I tried to go buy that place just to see it again, and I couldn't find it for the life of me. Oh, which I'm sure oh my gosh. <laughs> it's because it's even more for like a sign a sign right? that got put right mm-hmm. in front of you I'm sure that the building still exists that the sign's still there but I just took another wrong turn that wasn't the same wrong turn as it was before but it was comical to me I'm like yeah on that particular day so if anybody's listening right now and they're thinking oh I want to do something I'm your sign I'm the one saying dream and do it and dream again and dream bigger and continue to dream bigger because we can use you you know, yeah. this, this isn't for the faint of heart right. and we right. could use your help. We could all use your help. <laughs> right. Right. Janetta, one last question. I think right. I, I didn't want to be um, considerate of your time and I appreciate you being with us so much today. Um, you mentioned a few times your podcast. Oh, How yeah. do we find your podcast? So it's on the website as well. So abilitiesworkshop.com forward slash podcast. I named it the vortex because and so many of y'all can relate to this, right? The further you get into this, the more I felt like I had like a 90-year-old woman living in the back of my mind. Like all of a sudden, <laughs> I understood things about the world that I wasn't supposed to understand about the world. And it was like I had entered into this vortex of information. And so the vortex is the podcast and you can find it on the website. It's free to listen to. We just house it on a website so that people can go back to it easily and listen to whatever they want to. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Thank you so much. Oh, you yeah. bet. I think that what you thank girls you. are doing is amazing. Continue oh, doing it. Thank It'll you. be exciting to follow you and see all of the different ways that your trajectory shoots up from here. And I, yeah, I just wish you, you all the best. Thank you. Thank you so much. I was, it's been a pleasure. Likewise. I'm really inspired by your story. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> I really am. I truly, truly am. Thank you. And thank you for Absolutely. being so candid. Oh, well. Thank you. <laughs> one of the things that I don't know how not to do. <laughs> Me neither. Same. Same here. So, which is why it makes good for podcasting. Right. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Same. Whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so no filters. But thank you so much for your thank time you. today. You bet. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Living Inspired Podcast. Be sure to share it with your friends and family. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Help other listeners find us by leaving a review.